the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Holland grocery store shelves are empty due to a farmer's protest. They're protesting because our government is trying to take their land away. AOC mocked for backing Supreme Court justice intimidation on Twitter. Hers is the only Democratic voice that we're hearing. Where is the president? Where is the attorney general? An investigation shows that Border Patrol agents didn't strike Haitian migrants last year. Force patrol units that did not have appropriate training. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Monday, July 11th. I'm Mike Scott. Dutch supermarket shelves stand empty because distribution centers are blocked by farmers. The Dutch government plans to try and rein in emissions of nitrogen oxide and ammonia, a plan that farmers say threatens to wreck their agricultural way of life and put them out of business. However, the reduction targets could radically alter the Netherlands' lucrative worldwide agriculture sector, which is known for its intensive and innovative farming. At the heart of the clash between farmers and the Dutch government are moves to protect human health and vulnerable natural habitats from pollution in the form of nitrogen oxides and ammonia. The two are produced in large amounts by industry and transport, and some in the waste of livestock. Dutch lawyer and political analyst Eva van Dingerbroek joined the Salem Radio Network to discuss what is happening with the Dutch farmer protest. They're protesting because our government is trying to take their land away. They're actually uh, now enforcing new regulations that are not even based in an actual law that will expropriate our farmers of their property, uh, so their land, by 2030 for about 30 percent, meaning that most of them will go completely out of business. Vlandingerbrook says the reason the government is taking away farmers' land is because the government believes there's too much nitrogen in the soil. They have a new crisis uh, that they are using for taking away our rights. We've seen that for the past few years, haven't we? And this one is a so-called nitrogen crisis uh, and ammonia. So they're saying that the farmers produce too much nitrogen and ammonia and that it's dangerous to the climate. So that's why now they're forced to give up their land and give it to the state. Vlad Dingerbrook says the average person will see results of new regulations. So ordinary civilians will notice this if this goes through in their supermarkets. And that's exactly what the farmers have been trying to show with their protests when they blocked the distribution centers, because immediately you could see that the shelves in Dutch supermarkets were empty. So that's what they're trying to say to the people. Don't let this happen, because without farmers, you have no food. Trish Regan of the Trish Regan Show joined News Nation and said, the problems that Dutch farmers are facing overseas 
are some of the same issues American farmers are facing here at home. I mean, it's a massive ripple effect, really. And, and you look at food prices, Leland, they've already been skyrocketing. And I, I don't see it getting any better. I mean, the Fed is going to try and manage this. But the truth is, when you really look at the current inflation numbers, and I'm inclu- including food and energy in these numbers, they're actually worse than anybody thinks. And the reason for that is that they changed the metrics way back in 1983. They took out housing when they looked at inflation. And so, in fact, I suspect inflation is currently much closer to the 16% range than the 8.6% we've heard. And then you, you factor in strikes and difficulty with you know whatever's going on overseas with farming it has a ripple effect through the global economy it means food prices are going even higher overall inflation is even higher and uh, you ain't seen nothing yet john boyd president of the national black farmers association says that when farmers aren't taken care of you'll see empty store shelves the administration hasn't made uh, farming Uh, In this case, uh, 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 the American farmer, a a priority. And when you don't uh, take care of of American farmers, you're going to have a shortage in the supply chain. And what what that's going to happen is empty store shelves, uh, restaurant prices uh, are going to go through the roof because uh, they won't be able to get the goods and, and services that they've been getting. Regan says that the issues impacting farmers will impact everyone. This is going to affect everyone. I mean, if a farmer has to pay more because diesel prices are going up in order to you know, get his crop out, it, that's just the reality of it. He's going to have to charge more. And so when he charges more, the restaurant owner has to charge more. A- and this is just the way the world works. This is how inflation gets so embedded into an economy. And the danger is you don't have enough growth to keep up with that inflation. And consequently, you get what's known as stagflation. Police in Japan have launched a murder investigation into the assassination of former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. However, little is known about the suspect who was arrested at the scene of that fatal shooting that happened on Friday. Abe, 67, was pronounced dead by doctors at the Nara Medical University Hospital on Friday, just over five hours after being shot while delivering a campaign speech. Tetsuya Yamagami, 41, has admitted to shooting Abe. ABC reporter Bob Woodruff says the suspect assassinated Abe using a homemade gun. Authorities in Japan say the suspect charged in the stunning assassination of former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe planned the attack for months. Abe gunned down in broad daylight at a campaign event. Police say the suspected shooter, 41-year-old Tsuya Yamagami, seen here loitering before allegedly shooting Abe from behind, took a train to the event. And officials are now investigating whether he attended a speech by the 67-year-old Abe the day before the attack. Sources telling Japanese media the suspect test-fired the homemade gun in preparation for the murder. Woodruff goes on to try and explain the suspect's motives. Officials say they seized several more homemade guns from the suspect's apartment. 
Police say the suspected shooter confessed, telling investigators he killed Abe because he believed rumors about the former prime minister's association with a religious group he blamed for his mother's financial ruin. Lindsay, police acknowledge problems with Abe's security, so they're launching a task force to investigate. Also, the candidate Abe was campaigning for when he was shot won today's election. Abe is set to be laid to rest on Tuesday. Japan's ruling coalition did win a sweeping supermajority in the country's parliamentary elections on Sunday, which would enable it to fulfill former Prime Minister Abe's enduring ambition to reform the country's pacifist constitution. The White House is once again trying to put out a rhetorical fire started by President Joe Biden who seem to label pro-choice activists as out of step. Women's March director Rachel O'Leary Carmona told activists she hoped to push Biden's authority to the limit regarding abortion rights. By Sunday morning, Carmona had changed her Twitter handle to out-of-touch activist. Biden's statement was accused of putting women in danger by stripping them of the right to bodily autonomy and came as more than 1,000 demonstrators with the Women's March Summer of Rage rally surrounded the White House to urge Biden to declare a state of emergency to protect abortion access. Meantime, Democrat Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez received major pushback on social media for a post she made mocking Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh, who had to be ushered out of a restaurant due to protesters. Kavanaugh was dining at Morton's The Steakhouse in downtown Washington Wednesday when a group of abortion rights protesters forced him to exit the restaurant through a back door. Ocasio-Cortez joked that the least the protesters could do was let him eat cake, of course a reference to Marie Antoinette, the Queen of France, during the French Revolution. The president and co-founder of the Susan B. Anthony Pro-Life America Project, Marjorie Danzfelser, joined Fox News to discuss Cortez's remarks. Hers is the only Democratic voice that we're hearing. Where is the president? Where is the attorney Mm. general? When the independence of the judiciary is being threatened, democracy is being threatened, and they're either encouraging of that or they're silent about it. And as that violence echoes across the country towards pro-life people and pregnancy centers, and my organization is documented, it, um, it is not going away. And there needs to be real leadership. We may disagree on a lot of things, but we have to agree that the institutions of our democracy must be protected. And and this administration is happy to see that undermined just because of a difference, because uh, because of a difference of opinion that we should be arguing out in every legislature in the land and in the Congress instead of having uh, to defend ourselves against violent attacks and and harassment. Dannon Felser says that while she and other pro-life activists receive death threats on a daily basis, they won't back down. We will not be intimidated. We will not be harassed into silence. You know, I, I, I just have to say, the reason that every European country, uh, except, for, except for three, so 47 out of 50 European countries have a limit on abortion before 15 weeks, most of them 12, is because they see it as humane. And there was not a court that said that they couldn't express their will in the law. We're just catching up after 50 years. And, I, and it is not, it is no form of violence is okay. There, that we were tamped down in terms of our ability 
to have that discussion, and it's happening overnight. But there are only democratic institutions can keep the civility and keep us on track in terms of the love that is at the center of this movement and the justice and mercy that is at the heart of our founding documents. That's the way forward, and this violence has to be stopped. We need to hear from the President of the United States and his Attorney General about what they plan to do to stop the violence and harassment. It's not a good time to be in the military if you have issues with the coronavirus vaccine. Roughly 57,000 Army National Guards men and Army reservists who have yet to get vaccinated against the coronavirus will be barred from duties, effectively cutting their pay and benefits. Daybreak Insider's Tasha Stevens has more on this developing story. The United States Army is about to cut off the pay of nearly 60,000 members who refused to get a COVID vaccine. The National Guard gave soldiers a deadline, but over 40,000 Guardsmen and 22,000 reservists have not gotten the shot. This comes as the Guard struggles with low recruitment numbers. Tasha Stevens reporting. Border Patrol agents didn't whip or strike Haitian migrants last year. A lengthy internal affairs investigation concluded that on Friday. But some agents did use excessive force, according to that report, by positioning their horses in the Rio Grande Valley to try and keep the migrants from reaching the U.S. Investigators largely faulted agency leaders, saying they lack clear goals for dealing with the unprecedented incursion of 15,000 migrants who established a squatter's camp on the American side of the river, and then began to come and go freely from Mexico, challenging the integrity of the border. Customs and Border Protection Commissioner Chris Mangus alleged one agent yelled denigrating comments regarding a migrant's national origin. There is no justification for the actions of some of our personnel, including unprofessional and deeply offensive conduct. Magnus says the situation outside Del Rio was a chaotic one. Senior Border Patrol leadership elected to deploy horse patrol units that did not have appropriate training, supervision, and coordination. The commissioner says horse patrol personnel are not equipped with any whips, but use split reins only to control their horses. One agent involved in this incident reported twirling these split reins as a distancing tactic. But other members of the horse patrol program gave differing, inconsistent answers about whether twirling of split reins for any purpose was included in the agency's training. The average U.S. price of regular-grade gasoline plunged 19 cents over the past two weeks, but still is at $4.86 a gallon. Industry analyst Trilby Lumberg of the Lumberg Survey said Sunday that the continued decline comes as crude oil costs also fall slightly. The average price at the pump is down 24 cents over the past month, but it's still... higher than it was one year ago. Fuel price analyst Trilby Lumberg says gas prices have continued to fall slowly over the past two weeks. Gasoline prices continued to decline in the past two weeks, this time a whopping 19 cents per gallon 
combined with the prior drop, this is a drop of 24 cents per gallon in the past month, and the new price is $4.86 for regular grade. Lumberg says with the recent drop in the past two weeks, there may be more price drop to come. Further declines at the pump may be somewhere in the vicinity of 10 to 20 cents per gallon, depending in largest part on what oil prices do from here. They were edging back up after they bottomed out on July 5. Lumberg says the average U.S. price of regular grade gasoline plunged 19 cents over the past two weeks, largely thanks to slightly lower crude oil prices. Oil prices dropped uh, first during this latest two weeks more than $8 per barrel, and that happens to be precisely this amount of drop at the pump, 19 cents. Since then, however, since July 5, they've been edging back up, so we will see where they go from here. Twitter is vowing a legal battle after Elon Musk announced he's pulling out of his bid to buy the social media company for $44 billion. Daybreak Insider's Greg Clugston has more details on that developing social media fight. Twitter could have pushed for a $1 billion breakup fee, but the chairman says the board is committed to closing the transaction on the price and terms agreed upon. Musk alleges that Twitter breached multiple provisions of the merger agreement. On Friday, shares of Twitter fell 5%, while Tesla's shares pushed higher. Novak Djokovic used his skills to beat Nick Kyrgios on Sunday for a fourth consecutive Wimbledon championship and seventh overall. Among men, only Roger Federer with eight has won more titles at Wimbledon than Djokovic, and only Rafael Nadal owns more major trophies with 22. Kyrgios says it was a frustrating outcome for him on Sunday. Obviously very disappointed. Um, I felt like you know, to get to the final, there's always a bit of anxiety of how it's going to play out and, you know, if you kind of feel worthy to be there. And I felt like the trophy was definitely attainable today. Tournament winner Djokovic says the match turned a bit when Kyrgios let his emotions come out after dropping a game he led 40-love. I started talking to his box and then, you know, I felt maybe that's the, that's the moment, you know, that where I could break his serve, which happened. Uh, and it was, it was a huge momentum shift, I think, because up to that point, we were quite, quite even. Djokovic says winning Wimbledon never gets old. Over the moon with the uh, joy and happiness of, of uh, experiencing this moment once again. I've said it many times, you know, this tournament is uh, extra special for me because it has been the first tournament that I've ever watched as a kid that got me to to start playing tennis. And finally, in a former gold mine and inside a titanium tank filled with a rare liquefied gas, scientists have begun the search for dark matter. While scientists aren't sure what dark matter is, they're pretty sure it makes up most of the universe's known mass and say, we wouldn't be here without it. The race to solve this mystery has brought one team to the depths under lead South Dakota. The idea of their experiment is that dirt and rock, a giant tank, and the purest titanium in the world will block nearly all the cosmic rays and particles that zip around and through all of us every day. 
But dark matter particles, scientists think, can avoid all of those obstacles. They hope one will fly into the inner tank, revealing its existence in a flash of light seen by a device called the time projection chamber. So we aren't really sure what dark matter and dark energy are, but the final data release from Europe's Planck mission shows that it does apparently exist. Just for clarification, dark matter is what makes up roughly 27% of the universe, while dark energy makes up about 68%. However, we can't actually see it. The Planck mission mapped the oldest light in the universe from 2009 through 2013 and confirmed the standard model of cosmology. The European Space Agency just made the announcement and says that dark matter and energy are key features in that model. Researchers say that the model shows the universe is made up of normal matter that we can see and touch, cold dark matter that doesn't absorb or reflect light, making it impossible to see directly, and the mysterious force called dark energy that seems to be driving the expansion of the universe. But just to be clear, we still have no idea what dark matter and dark energy actually are. We just know that they're there. Scientists announced Thursday that the five-year, $60 million search finally got underway two months ago, after a delay caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. So far, the device has found nothing. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at srnnews.com and townhall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.